The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, or good day. And we continue this ongoing series on practicing with challenges. And any challenge at all, from the minor to the extreme, though the extreme might need extra care and attentiveness and and uh, and kind of a specialty to it. So, but maybe we'll get to that later in this ongoing series. But we're laying down the foundation now, and um, the elements that are really helpful for being able to address whatever challenges we have. So today, this week, I want to uh, focus on what's called the four foundations of mindfulness. I think most of you know what they are, and I've taught taught about it here before. Uh, The body, feelings, mind states, and mental processes. And and how they can be a tremendous support, foundation, kind of a grounding for working with challenges. And to introduce this idea, I want to tell you a Buddhist fable, kind of a tale, uh, that of uh, it's kind of like the chicken little and the sky's falling. There was a rabbit in the ancient world who, who was um, sleeping, taking a nap under a mango tree. And at some point, a mango, a uh, big big mango from high up in the tree fell on the ground right next to the head of the, where the rabbit was sleeping. And with a big bang and a shake and a woke the rabbit up. And the rabbit uh, immediately assumed that the sky was falling. So the rabbit jumped up and started running away, yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Came across a, um, a school, the whole herd of rabbits. And, uh, and when they heard that the sky is falling, they started screaming and running along too. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. And they went further and they came across a, a, a whole bunch of deer. And the deer heard about this and they started running too. The sky is falling. And they went further along and they saw the water buffaloes and the water buffaloes and, ele- and the elephants started. And everybody in the started running, all of them, thinking they better run fast because the sky was falling. And, um, and uh, high up on a mountain, on a cliff overlooking all this, uh, was a lion. <clears throat> and the lion could see that this huge mass of uh, animals was running right for a cliff and would kind of jump right up, fall right off if they kept running at the speed. So the lion kind of quickly got in front of them, jumped in front of them, and roared and said, "Stop!" And he asked, "You know, what, you know, the elephants, why are you running?" Oh, because the water buffalo said the sky is falling. Asked this, asked the water buffalo, and they said, "Oh, it's because of the deer." And the deer said, "Oh, it's because of the rabbits." And then, why did, why were you running? The lion asked the rabbits. And all the rabbits looked at the first rabbit and said, well, we heard him say that the sky is falling. And, um, 
and the uh, and that uh, so then the lion said, "Well, let's go investigate. Where were you sleeping?" So they went to investigate, went back to the tree, and there, right next to where the rabbit had been sleeping, was the big mango. And everyone realized that there was no sky falling, it was just a mango that had fallen. So uh, in this Jataka tale, this birth story, that story that goes, the Buddha was the lion in a previous lifetime. But the important thing was this idea of knowing to investigate. And if we, if we don't have the, the mind's capability to investigate what's happening, then with challenges, we're kind of sometimes caught up in the swirl and the agitation of it all and the preoccupation and, and more importantly, the assumptions we have around what's happening, the concepts, the abstractions, the future, the plannings, the predictions, the, the um, kind of all kinds of fixed ideas about who we are and what's happening to us. And so the ability to stop before we go over the cliff and investigate, take a good look, what's happening here, requires knowing where to look. Where is the grounding? Where is the useful places to bring attention? And, um, and so the Buddha offered these four areas, what's called four foundations, four establishments for mindfulness. And so when we're in challenges, we can check in with ourselves. Uh, how, are, how are these particular areas being experienced? How is it being felt in the body? Is this pleasant or unpleasant? What kind of mind state is operating when I'm caught up in this, involved in this challenge? And what are the mental processes that are reacting and, 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 uh, to the challenge? And what are the mental states that are supportive of being with the, the, this challenge in a better way? So those four areas is an alternative to the abstractions we live in, the big stories and predictions and ideas that are generated by fear and by anger and by confusion. Um, It's a particular subset of the total whole gestalt of it all, a gestalt which is often infused with imagination, with assumptions, with predictions, with thoughts, beliefs, and ideas about self. And some of the ways that we enter into challenges actually limit our ability to do it wisely. Actually, part of what makes it the challenge so much more difficult is the ways in which we, our inner life responds to it and lives with it and is confused by it or caught up in it and all that. And because that's so much of the challenges, uh, the challenge is not the chal- challenge out there or the challenge, but rather what we can call the challenge, but rather how we are in relationship to it, it's so powerful to do the mindfulness check-in. Check-in with yourself. Go through the checklist if you like such things. Okay, this is challenging. Now how, does this, how is this being felt in the body? What is activated in the body? Where am I tense in the body? Where am I contracted in the body? Uh, am I even connected to my body or am I disconnected to my body with all this? What's happening here with the body? 
uh, what's happening with the feeling tone? Is this really unpleasant? Is it really pleasant? More than a physical experience, the predominant experience is the unpleasantness of it all. What's happening with the mind states? That, uh, you know, is it mind contracted? Is the mind filled with desires and greed and wanting something so desperately, needing something so desperately? Or is the mind angry and blaming and upset and guilty? All the kind of, kind of forms of aversion. Is the mind confused, perplexed, lost? Is the mind narrow and tight? Is it expansive and open? How's the mind state? And then the, or then the mental processes. Is there, are we operating with the hindrances? Is there ill will? Is there consensual desire or covetousness? Is there sloth and torpor? Is there agitation, restlessness, remorse? Is there doubt? It, or is there calm? Can there be calm here? Is there mindfulness? Can there be mindfulness here? Is there curiosity and investigation? Is there joy? Is there tranquility? Is there some ability to stay focused here and centered, concentrated? What about equanimity? So as we do this check-in, we can discover which of these predominates. And sometimes what predominates, or, what, or where, which of these four needs most attention. We're gathering the information together about how we are so that we can know how wisely to respond to the situation. This presupposes we do this check-in not in the middle of a traffic accident, in the middle of having the accident when we have to take care of things, but we're doing it when we can, like in meditation, or when, when we're not right in the middle of the fire of a challenge that we have to put out the fire. Other times, do the mindfulness check-in and notice which of these four predominate. Know how they operate. Then you're in a better position to respond and know what to do after the check-in. And the check-in can go quite quickly and it might be the response is to go for a walk or call a friend or uh, do something really nice or it might be to go to bed and put the sheets over your head. It might be all kinds of things that you do. It might be to go meditate. But you're gathering the information to see how it's happening here and you're breaking the trance of the mind's kind of overall picture and fear and concern of what it is. You're beginning to break that caught upness in the assumptions and the sky is falling kind of attitude. It's very respectful to do this kind of check-in, to really get underneath the surface of the assumptions, the beliefs that are operating with it all, to find out what's happening here. And then based on that, deciding what to do. But if what you're doing is mindfulness, like mindfulness meditation, then as we see which is most predominant or which is most in need of being really present for, and one of the, uh, the defaults that is many times is useful, not always, is to uh, f- stay close to how it is in your body. Feel the embodied nature of it. Uh, what's happening in your body? Trust the body. Don't treat the body as a static 
victim or just a receiver of experiences. It's a participant in experiences. It has its own wisdom. It has its own goodness. Its own, its own, um, what what it brings to the to what's happening. If we allow it, if we make room for it, if we're willing to kind of drop into the body, get centered, grounded in the body, and then let the body process what's happening. And some of this is because when we're challenged, there's a, can be a lot of reactivity, a lot of tension and tightness and um, contraction in the body. And so by feeling the body, the body wants to relax. And as we allow ourselves to feel it, it's kind of like we get out of the way. We're not continuing to direct the tension from the mind to the body. The mind is letting up, so the body has a chance to relax. So, um, so the mindfulness check-in, it's a way of uh, changing the perspective of what's happening for us that's useful to do at the right time. As I said earlier, when we're not right in the middle of having to deal with something, but you know, when it, we take it home with us or you know, uh, when we're more in a quiet situation. And, um, and maybe there's a time and place to do the mindfulness check-in, the four foundations, and see what you learn from that. And so for this week, we'll go through this checklist. We'll go through and see how to use these four foundations as a way of bringing a, a, a useful perspective to our lives when we're challenged. Um, it's an alternative perspective than maybe the perspective that we usually bring. And by doing the checklist approach, this other perspective, it might highlight for you the perspective that you were bringing. You might, you might then see it more clearly and maybe see that some of the perspective, some of the assumptions and beliefs that go into how we respond and see a challenge maybe are optional, provisional, not needed that actually interfere with our ability to be wise and how to care and take care of challenges. So, mindfulness checklist. And, um, and uh, so for the next days, we'll go through these four and emphasize its value of each one. And tomorrow we'll do um, a very important topic, the four challenges, which has to do with mindfulness of... Um, of uh, the pleasant and the unpleasant, where the pleasant actually has a very important role. So uh, thank you, and um, may you go through the checklist today periodically and see what it does for you in different circumstances. Thank you.